This week on Dig Me Out. Jason Zia and Tim Minichi. Jay, we're back again with another episode thanks to our Dig Me Out Union on Patreon. You can help us make the next episode happen by joining us at dmounion.com or digmeoutunion.com. And the next how uh and the next episode you might help us uh make happen will be our first one or maybe second or third of 2021 because this is our final episode, Jay of 2020 it's our year in review our wrap-up episode it's over it's finally over it has been usually when we get to these we're like wow it's been a year (laughs) it's been a year this time it's been when is the wrap-up episode gonna happen please can it come sooner (laughs) can we do it in august if we do it in august will it make all this go away yeah, it's it's been a year. It's also been uh, when I looked back on on the music that we reviewed on the episodes we did for roundtables, and then also the new music that came out. It was actually a pretty fascinating year. A, a lot of great new stuff came out. We got to review a wide swath of music that I think we've talked about getting into for, or people have said you have to review this. And then this year we finally got into some of that stuff, and I'm glad we did because it really opened up you know, the discussion about the nineties and, and a lot of the bands that we've talked about, um, you know, uh, sort of on the periphery, but finally got around to actually digging into them. Yeah. I feel like we reviewed a solid, um, set of, uh, important nineties bands that we had neglected. So, and I'm sure we'll do that again next year because there's, (laughs) there's so many yet obvious uh important 90s bands that we have not touched not even getting into all the obscure ones Mm -hmm. well we can't uh we can't go too far into this without mentioning that this this was the year we hit our 500th episode and in order to celebrate that we revisited with a massive crew of patreon and uh and listening supporters the uh, the landmark 1999 excuse me 1991 album Nevermind by Nirvana. Now, what's interesting, Jay, is that when we kick off um, 2021, that season, we will be doing the albums of 1991 because we every year we start off in in January we do a roundtable. Usually, we had been looking back um, 20 years. Now we'll be going back. 30 years oh my god one i didn't realize that (laughs) (laughs) oh no you so when you listen to this episode you'll also be eligible for your aarp uh, (laughs) (laughs) oh man 91 is a um underserved year by us so and it's it's interesting because that might be the most pivotal year of the decade in terms of how it, how yes. it changed and how it evolved. Um, 
so I am much con- stuff. I'm out. constantly confused in my head on the timeline of so much happens. I think in 91, really to me in between 90 and 92, it mm-hmm. is like in my head, a decade's worth of things happen in just those one or two years. Yep. So I'm continuously confused when we go back and visit. Like there's a lot of like bands that are albums I consider 80s albums that actually came out in 90 or 91. Um, there's a lot of albums that I, I think of as being more mid nineties that are actually 91. So it's a very mm-hmm. compact, important, um, important year. A ton of happens in that year. So that was one of our round tables that we did. We did a bunch of, of fun and diverse round tables. We did our normal, um, series like our, our Athens, Georgia, in the 90s, which actually covered the 80s and 90s, part of our Digging Your Scene um, series that we do every year. Yeah, We did our our, our third Origins, which uh, we covered Muse in the 90s this year. Previously, we'd done Modest Mouse and um, Spoon. And then um, we did another tour of the 90s, which was the Lilith Fair. Lilith, Lilith, the Lilith Fair. Uh, <laughs> in the nineties. That was a, that was a really fun episode. That was with, um, Kay Hanley from letters to Cleo and who had joined us for the Boston round table years ago. And then also Jill Cunniff, uh, from luscious Jackson came back. She was in like season two of, uh, of the, yeah. of the podcast. She came back and then her old friend Shiv and, uh, and my wife, Katie who joined because she was a, a young Lilith fair goer in, in high school. And, uh, yeah. it was a lot of fun. We were able to cover it from we had a couple, we had two artists, we had somebody who experienced it as a fan, but also sort of as a media, you know, yep. uh, person representative, and then we had just a pure fan, and that's what you want for for these festival shows. So hopefully we can continue to do that, but because you need all the all's perspectives, because it's such a huge endeavor, and everybody's seeing it from a different side. Mm-hmm. So you really need to bring all those pieces together, and then you and I who had never even been to one, <laughs> right. you know. We get to learn and also just kind of ask the, you know, the dumb questions um, in terms of uh, not having any other context. We also did our in the 90s episodes, and this time we covered REM in the 90s, which was a real interesting episode, especially when you pair it with our Athens, Georgia roundtable. We got to talk about what an interesting transitionary period or transitional period that was for the band. Um, really one of the, I think it's interesting because when we, we've done these in the nineties, we've done like Duran Duran and yep. we've done Tom Petty and those are artists that you really kind of associate with like the eighties in a lot of ways. In yep. REM, I, I know that they were big in the, in the, in the eighties, but I really associate them as a nineties band and because not just because of their huge success in the nineties, but also because of their influence on the nineties um so many college rock bands influenced by rem so uh, we haven't really we hadn't really done a band that um really was known for their 90s output as well as it was usually like trying to stitch together like with new order it was like trying to stitch together solo releases and and yeah that sort of thing so it was it was fun to do that band uh, and we have you know tons of suggestions on what to do going forward and i'm sure that uh that'll be a a vote over at Patreon. We'll pick our next uh, in the '90s roundtable. We also did our sophomore slump revisited. That was 
A more obscure band it was Dada's American Highway Flower. We had previously done their debut record, and people wanted to talk about this record. It, it won the the poll. Yep. They wanted uh, some more Dada, so we gave them some more Dada. And they were the, one of those bands that, um, you know, they had a big hit during that transition time. Yes. You know, that, that 90, 91 period where we weren't sure where things were, things would seem to be changing and we weren't sure where they were going to go. So to, um, you know, they popped through with a hit there and then to come back and follow up with the second record was, was a lot of fun to dig into and try to get a better grasp on what this band was about. We also had some one-off uh, roundtables that were fun. B-sides of the 90s which probably could be a whole nother episode because you can only cover so many B-sides in one episode. We did tribute albums of the 90s. That was a lot of fun. A lot of tribute bands to cover. Then we did fictional bands and artists of the 90s, which has been on my radar for a while. Been wanting to do that one because so much, not, not necessarily 90s style bands. I mean, we talk about the Wonders or if you talk about, um, uh, wild stallions they're not really necessarily 90s style bands yeah in the way that like citizen dick is yeah uh but just a lot of stuff to cover there and then we also did uh we tried to do record labels of the 90s as a round table that didn't quite work so we just did favorite record labels of the 90s and again we might have to do a part two because we we got notes afterward like hey you didn't talk about this one you didn't talk about this one I'm like yep we might have to do part oh, yeah. two. there's so many labels we could do yeah, and the thing about the fake bands, I don't know that we mentioned in the episode, but I think is worth noting is that you know '90s was a decade where we were celebrating rock and roll, both current and past. Mm-hmm. Um, we've continued to do that in, in slightly different ways, more like the Queen movie, Bohemian Rhapsody, um, less you know uh, fiction based storytelling at the premise of rock and roll, and then you have the need then to have a fake band um that seemed the 90s again seemed to be the last decade we were really spent a lot of time creatively uh making movies that that did that in our last round table was our most recent one of, of course it was because it was our last one uh it was a thanksgiving special the music that we were thankful for in 2020 because again this year was kind of a dumpster fire and uh, we needed some positivity and so what better way when we're all sort of social distancing on Thanksgiving to invite some virtual friends over to talk about what music they were into this year. And we got a, a great mix of, you know, stuff connected to the podcast and then some, you know, newer stuff that's influenced by 90s music. And it was, there is just so much music that came out this year. People think about it as in terms of like, well, a lot of artists delayed their releases you know, into two, but really it wasn't that many that affected um, what we were talking about. Most bands, if they were putting out a record, they were putting out a record. And yeah, a lot of records. It may have hurt their ability to tour, uh, but they still put the record out because there was no, I mean, the fans of those bands that we cover in that um, Shiner, Sparta, Criteria, Mm -hmm. like you're going to buy the record regardless if they're touring or not. Sure. It would help, but it doesn't yep. make sense to sit on it for another year. And I just want to say for that, but so that's a good, I, I felt like I thought this year we did um, a lot more of bringing our patrons and what are really musical experts. I mean, these are, these are people that are just incredibly knowledgeable and passionate about music. 
much more so i think it's in a lot of cases than tim and i are and uh that's an episode that really highlights chip and phil fleming and marissa and ryan allen who uh brought a ton of knowledge and passion and just Mm -hmm. not only just in the past mind-blowing in terms of like what they know and um what they can bring but also you know super passionate about new music and getting a sense of what they're listening to so it's a really good uh way to you know if you if you if you haven't found any good new records or looking for something new to listen to they're uh good resources for that and there was a ton of stuff in that episode so do you have a favorite for this year as far as the roundtables go um they're nerv- i mean i'm gonna go with the the nirvana never mind even though i'm not a you know the biggest fan of that record but i do appreciate the importance of it and um more more so just there was just a really good like i don't know there's just a good vibe on that episode it was i think the first time we had done zoom and it was yeah um just to see everybody face to face and just give them all a minute to reflect on that record and share their stories of why it was important to them or why they thought it was important to music um I just had a lot of fun just pushing back a little bit. I mean, obviously sharing my own thoughts, but also pushing back a little bit and just reflecting and appreciating um, just what that record opened up in terms of the possibilities of music, but also just hearing from our, um, you know, listeners and and, and peers and people that we respect and um, their thoughts on the record and why why it meant so much to them. And it just overall, I think was a, you know, in our ninth season, we're able to, uh, <laughs> I think, still find a way to do something a little bit different and mm-hmm. it kind of sparks some new ideas for, I think, for us too, of, you know, using Zoom and using video and, you know, inviting more people on and in terms of, uh, you know, our our, uh, our patrons who participate a lot and have a lot to share, like making sure we're bringing them in and just having, opening up the conversation. So um, that, yeah, that's the one that really popped for me. How about you? I really enjoyed the Lilith Fair episode just because I got to do so little. Uh, I just basically turned it over to our guests mm-hmm. and they, I would ask a question and they would talk for 20 minutes and they covered so much that we would never even have thought to talk about. Yeah. And um, I, I forgot to mention that we even had, uh, in addition to our guests that were live, um, Tracy Bonham called in and uh, when I called in, but I, I had a, a short chat with her and she shared some stories that we were able to include in that episode too and that actually leads me into um we didn't do a lot of interviews this year uh you know in previous years we've done almost an interview a a month along with our um their roundtables but you know with with the number of people having albums to pick we couldn't quite keep up that pace so while we were you know i really enjoyed having Kay and um and Jill back. We also got to have some new folks on for interviews um, yep. for a couple of only three episodes this year. But uh, it started out earlier in the year. It was, it was an interesting episode. Michael McDermott and Brian Koppelman um, yeah. stopped by. And that was, um, that was a lot of fun. That happened totally by accident. Wait, this is back at the beginning sort of of the shutdown. Brian Koppelman, of course, is the is the writer, producer, creator of, of the TV show Billions. And he's also written a, a number of movies. And he was an A&R guy in the 80s and 90s. 
And one of his artists that he managed and is still friends with is Michael McDermott, who's sort of had this, you know, one of those sort of like under the radar careers where he's just a songwriter who who gets stuff out there and he just stays busy um, through whatever means are necessary. And um, he had a new record coming out. And I said, and Brian put it out there. He said, hey, I know everybody's locked down. I, you know, he's got a podcast called The Moment, which is great. And he said, if you want me to come on your podcast, pitch me an idea. And I said, why don't we come? Why don't you come on and we'll talk about a Michael McDermott album? And he's like, I'm there. So we found a, <laughs> a random day that Michael could join us as well and and talk to them. And it, it was a lot of fun. Um, yeah. And, and I think inside it was, perspective. It was, yeah, that's exactly why I think we've batted around a little bit the idea of, of trying to get more industry people on from the 90s um mm-hmm. who have maybe you know are no longer in the industry moved on to done other things brian's a great example of that right he's gone on and done tons of amazing things and is just an incredibly talented person so to have them come back and then you you get the two sides of it of like what were they seeing what were they hoping for what got them excited about the artist but then also get the artist perspective on what they were trying to do that's super fascinating to me i'd love to be able to um do more of that it's just difficult because um it, it kind of just happened because <laughs> you got in yeah. contact with brian i mean those people are hard to i don't know they're not exactly easy to find right i mean you no. really got to do some digging into the liner notes and try to figure out like you know who's who and where they are now and would they even care to do this you know so right um i i just thought that was a great premise and um great um you know opportunity to bring that point of view uh, Brian's point of view in, in particular into uh, into the record, which we haven't got a chance to do much in the past. We also got to do a couple of, of fun episodes. One with um, was a suggestion of uh, Dewey Cole. He said, I want to do the debut dig album and chip midnight has, has basically been in my ear for like 10 years saying, when you do this episode, it's going to happen. Let me know. Cause I know, I know Scott Hatwith, yep. Hackwith. And of course, you know, he hooked us up. Scott came on the show and it just so happens that they're working on new dig music when we, when we ended up talking to them. So I don't know if you've been following their Instagram, but they've been teasing stuff about for 2021. And that was really interesting. Cause that's a really like, I know we talk about records being different and and having unique sounds, but the three guitar sound of that record is really interesting uh, in comparison to a lot of their contemporaries. So that one was a lot of fun. And then also the triple fast action episode, which again was a chip night specialty because um, we had done yeah. uh, triple fast action in year one, like episode five and they're reissuing cattlemen. Don't that was the, the we announced on that show, uh, Justin Wexler, who's one of our patrons, he, he it's his record label that's doing the reissue. So we were joined by first, we were just joined by Brian St. Clair, the drummer, who is also the drummer in Local H. And then uh, Kevin Tahista, who was the drummer, who was the bassist in Triple Fast Action, as well as Veruca Salt. And then about halfway through, producer uh, John Agnello shows up uh, with a with a drink and starts sharing some stories. <laughs> and that, so that was a blast. That one was a lot of fun. Yeah, that was, um, again, a template for what I'd love for us to be able to do more in the future. I mean, think about that. You got, you know, a fan and 
journalists at the time because Chip was interviewing them. So we had a very unique perspective. You've got band members who were living it. Then you get the producer who has also done amazing. I mean, we could do 10 episodes on John uh, Agnello. Mm-hmm. And he just kind of drops in to kind of, you know, reinforce what we have been talking about and provide during some a dinner party of his. <laughs> but then you've got, you know, somebody, you know, who's been, you know, in our community for a long time, Justin, and he's putting the record out. And like, you get that perspective of like, how do you do that? You know, how do you, how do you go back and find a record that's, you know, not exactly um, probably easy to dig up the masters for and figure out logistically how to do that. And, um, pre- repressing vinyl is not easy. Um, yep. you know, you get some background and like, how do you make that happen? Because I think we often lose with everything being so instant, you know, we often lose the appreciation for just how much passion and focus and work goes into making these things happen. And when you see a reissue of that quality, and I'm really looking forward to getting the vinyl of that. Um, but that, that takes a lot of work from a lot of people to make that happen. So it was awesome to be able to get all those people around the table and, and talk a little bit about that. And, um, and for me, you know, to experience re I had never listened to the record. So it was a good chance for me to, you know, dig into the record, which I enjoyed quite a bit. So yeah, that was a good one. Uh, did you have a favorite of those three interviews? Anyone that stands out? Um, I would say, you know, the triple fast action. I mean, we just had so much going on there. Um, yeah. Again, it was another where we didn't have to say a whole lot. <laughs> um, you know, uh, you, what you're hearing on that recording is a bunch of people who shared something special together. Uh, some of them had not connected in a long time. And like when they show up in that episode, is like the first time they had seen each other in years, right? So we just, I think, pushed back a little bit and let that happen and didn't try to control it mm-hmm. so much and just let the conversation go where it goes. And you know, here and there, try to drop a, you know, an idea for, you know, a topic. And yeah, it was just a lot of fun and just a really cool, like diverse um, set of, set of point of, uh, points of view there on that record. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. That was, that was a lot of fun. I mean, they were all fun, but that one was just kind of, it was great. And then John showed up and he just like, okay, now we're on another level. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was like the night, the nitrous oxide got turned on at the, yeah. uh, in the race. <laughs> uh, and I'm sure the, you did an amazing job editing it, but if you want to see the, the <laughs> zoom, you go to Patreon and you can watch the, the full zoom call of everybody like coming and going and, and all the bits that, that Tim may have edited out. There might've been a few extraneous moments that we had to, uh, trim down to keep it keep it reasonable um before we get into our favorite regular episodes let's talk about our 80s episodes uh we do one every other month this year we did a bonus episode so we did seven this year and if you're not a patron you're not able to hear these so i would suggest maybe you know join our join our patron community join the union because this is where you can um hear our 80s episodes and depending on what level at, you're, you can even vote on them and help us pick them. You can make suggestions of what we even vote on. Um, but we did, we started out this year uh, covering U2's War, which I think that both of us kind of knew the singles off of that, but we had no idea like what the album sounded like. 
in terms of in comparison to you know everybody knows what you know Joshua Tree and Octoon Baby, the big records, but some of that earlier stuff I don't I didn't know the whole record. Um, so we covered that, covered the Descendants record all, New Order's Low Life, Green Rivers Rehab Doll, Husker Du's Flip Your Wig. Van Halen's Fair Warning and Midnight Oil's 10 to 1. Now, the the caveat here is the Fair Warning episode was done right after the passing of Eddie Van Halen. And we, we that was the first time we did an 80s episode as uh, with with guests. Our old friends, um, Keith Jenkins and Billy Peak, who had who've been on previous episodes going back years ago, but also I've been friends of ours for decades and huge Van Halen fans, they came on to talk. And that was probably, I would say, one of the more emotional episodes we've ever done, just in terms of the subject matter and the timing. I know that I, I when actually the last time Billy was on was the Tragically Hip episode, and it was right after Gord Downey was announced that he was he had brain cancer. Oh. So then, you know, Billy's on again, and I'm you know starting to weep again because uh, of his presence. And um, I... I I don't know about you. That's my favorite episode of the year in terms of our eighties episodes. I mean, they were all great, but getting to dig deep onto the, into the Van Halen record um, was really special at that time. Yeah. And we had no idea. I mean, when we put that up for a poll, um, yeah, he hadn't died yet. So we just, I mean, I was obviously I'm a huge Van Halen fan. So I'm sitting there, you know, hoping that it wins just so I can talk about their record. But then, that happens um but to be able to you know bring together friends to talk through not just that record but i mean we spent a good amount of that episode talking about just why eddie van halen and that band was so important um to us mm-hmm. and ultimately was responsible for our the, the four of us you know probably ever even getting on that call right and i mean like i don't know that i know keith I don't know that we have a friendship with Billy. Like there's a lot of connections there that I, that it was just the, they were one of those bands where it's very unique, where they cross so many um, categories and types of people and cultures that it's something you can connect with easily. You know, when you met somebody in college or high school or middle school, or in the case of Keith and I, you know, elementary school, it was like, oh, you like Van Halen? Oh, cool. We have something in common, right? And from mm-hmm. that point, you had something that you could work from. And um, yeah, it was pretty awesome to be able to do that. And we even like created a, ta- a Van Halen text group after that and have been chatting, you know, just kind of sharing uh, little bits and pieces here, just Van Halen related stuff and Wolfgang related stuff. But yeah, that I mean, yeah, I can't, uh, there's something that's going to come above that in terms of, um, other 80s episodes i did appreciate the um i think uh if it wasn't for the person side of that the um the green river episode would be the top one for me just because mm-hmm. that's just the band that i was i was very much into mother love bone um i was into the early um pearl jam records and had always heard about green river and had spent a little bit of time with them but it really gave me the opportunity to to you know, really focus and listen to what they were doing and appreciate what that band was. And in just a really good context for 
um, what we've been talking about, you know, for 500 episodes on the 90s podcast. Um, a lot of it was those seeds were planted by uh, that band in the 80s. So that was that was probably my my number two for the 80s episodes. Yeah, I would say the Midnight Oil one was my number two, just because it was such a fascinating record that I had no idea what to expect. And I spent a lot of time with it and I still don't quite understand <laughs> everything that was going on with that record. It's oh. a, it's such an interesting sonic listen that um, I'm glad I got a chance to get into that one. Even if I didn't love every moment of it, it was just so interesting. Um, and it's a band that I've never really gotten into at all. So I'm, I'm really glad we got to do that one. Um, and then also besides our eighties reviews, we got to revisit a lot of albums, a lot of diversity this year, a lot of stuff, you know, we got to do things like, you know, we've done Sunday day real estate before. Um, we had done, we had I've done a Nirvana album previously um, we had covered Built to Spill before. So some of the records were familiar. Um, we got to do other albums that people have said, oh, you got to do this, like That Dog or um, uh, what, are, what were some of the other? Neutral Milk Hotel. You got to do Neutral Milk Hotel. You got to talk about Smoking Popes. You got to talk about Eels. Um, you know, just just a bunch of records like that that had been on the list, so to speak, for years. And but what's interesting is when I look back, the ones that have stuck with me, and I don't know if you with it are, are this way, Jay, are the ones that I had like no idea what that they existed. Um, and now that I've heard them, I'm like, I really, really like that record and I want to own it. Uh, one example would be the Cosmic Psychos, which was a Gavin pick. Yeah. Uh, blokes you can trust just I heard the name in passing sort of thing yeah and um and now i just i that band is like the it's sort of like acdc in the way that like i just want to hear those big ass guitar riffs <laughs> and hear that fuzz and hear those shouted stupid vocals that are about beer drinking and yeah. and you know being wronged by women and that's about it yeah i'm okay I, I with that I felt like with that album, we got a maybe a different facet of the uh, Australian culture um, mm -hmm. that we hadn't seen before, which was fun. And then speaking of Australia, the other one that was really interesting was the Rykane episode, yeah. uh, which, again, very obscure, sort of post-punk uh, with like, uh, you know, you could compare them to like shellac or, or something like that but with a much different vibe and again, totally out of left field I had no idea that they existed and yet yep. super cool. Um, and the other one for me was uh, the giant's chair, uh, which we had, I think you had brought them up in 2019 cause they had a new record out that you discovered and then they ended up getting picked um, for this year. Um, was it a, I think it might've, no, it was a Steve Musinski pick. Yeah. And, um, really kind of that. And then the season to risk episode sort of unleashed this Kansas city, Missouri scene that we didn't really know about. We knew that, um, you know, Shiner was from there yeah. and 
didn't really know much beyond that. And then it turns out you've got Molly Maguire and Season to Risk and, and Giants Chair all, all making this noise that is pretty kick-ass. So those are the albums that really stuck out for me. What were, what were the ones that stuck out for you this year? Uh, all of those. I think the other ones, um, we had a nice little run with some some different flavors of power pop. So odds and it was the odds and even year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, those two records popped out. One that uh, I had never heard of that, that I liked was Bandit Queen. Mm-hmm. Was, um, a unique um, record. Um, that dog, again, I, I'd heard that dog, but it, this finally gave me the opportunity to go spend some time with that record, which I was really um, amazed by. But even something like Fastball, you know, uh, yep. a band that had a big hit. We were all familiar with the hit. And it's so easy to look past bands when they have hits like that. Um, mm-hmm. But I really enjoyed digging into that record. I thought Marissa brought a ton of context to it. And, you know, I was able to just really appreciate the songwriting and the craft that's that was involved with that. That uh, I don't think any other, you know, there, I would have never had the opportunity to experience that. Um, so I enjoyed that quite a bit too. And then, you know, there's some guilty, like Idlewild. I'm a huge fan of that. And finally got yeah. to go back and just talk about nerd out about that record. But I think you and I are, are pretty well established of being huge fans of that band and that record. So that was fun to do. We also got to have another disagreement about seaweed, which is always fun. <laughs> Every 10 years, we get to disagree about seaweed record. Uh, yeah. So if you were, if you were going to say, uh, 2020, which album is it that you would, uh, walk away with that you would uh, say, this is, this is the year, this is the album of the year for me, as far as our revisits and reviews go, which one would it be? It's either that dog or Rykan. Um, probably that dog. I could see myself continue to just, it's so accessible and, but it has so many layers to it. Mm-hmm. Um, that, uh, I'm sure I'll, you know, I listen to it today. I'll continue to listen to that record and, um, pull it apart and appreciate it. So that was probably my biggest, um, I guess discovery. I mean, I, like I said, I was aware of the band, but really had enough of this podcast. I wouldn't have taken the time to sit down and focus on it and actually, um, you know, appreciate it and then become a fan of it. How about you? I agree with you. I think that that dog record, I mean, I'm already a huge fan of PJ Harvey's to bring you my love. So that's kind of, I have to kind of throw that one out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and I also really like morphine and, and cure for the pain. So I would say, you know, as far as, the ones that were new discoveries, it would be that dog. And then it would be the cosmic psychos would be number two. I also really like the big chief album. Um, it's got some weak spots, but it inspired me to write an entire big chief style album like that. So, <laughs> okay. I did, I did find it a lot of fun. Uh, so let, let, we've covered everything that we've talked about this year. What we didn't haven't covered is some of the stuff we did this year that was was new. We launched the um, the box newsletter in 2020, correct, Jay? Yeah, that's right. So, you know, we we try to publish 
uh, between the 80s episodes and the 90s episodes and then all of the stuff that we're doing on Patreon to, you know, for voting and, you know, getting ideas for episodes. There's a lot we're doing that we thought would be fun to consolidate that all into an email newsletter. And then, you know, we're as much about looking forward as as we are back. So the other big part of it was, you know, to, to try to do our best to make people aware of, you know, eighties or nineties related artists that are putting out new music, um, either bands that existed then or artists who've gone on to do different things or, or whatever, uh, collaborations or whatever projects they might be doing along with movies. You know, there's a ton of documentaries. Um, there's a ton of books, you know, just trying to do our best to wrangle all that stuff up and make people aware of it. Um, so yeah, we started the, the newsletter, early last year, you can sign up. There's a free version um, to get that once a week. And just, you know, it's a good refresh of, you know, what we've been up to links to everything. Um, and then um, all of the new records that were, uh, that are on our radar, all the new movies in our radar, and then links to, you know, go stream them or buy them from Amazon or whatever you want to do. Um, so it's a, just a, hopefully a nice way for people to, you know, stay in the loop. You know, we, we try to publish it every Saturday morning or Saturday afternoon sometimes depending how long it takes to put together and uh you know spend your weekend uh catching up and maybe buying some new music and, and checking some new things out so yeah. yeah that was fun to get started this year and then is this the year that we launched the discord channel or was that last it year? it is yeah this yeah it was this year this summer I got it finally set up so that's um that's been a lot of fun that's been a mm-hmm. good outlet for me like you know, on Twitter, I, I don't know. It's just not a good forum to talk music for me, uh, for whatever reason, like the, what we're interested in. Like I haven't found an audience there and I just have all these things. And it's, I'm sure anybody listening to this has, uh, you know, bands or music that you're excited about or re-releases that you're checking out and, and want to share with other people or get, get input audio gear. So we, yeah, we started discord for Patreon, um, if you're a member of the DMO union, dmounion.com, you get an invite to our discord, which is a nice little community of, you know, just our closest supporters. Um, we talk about what we're listening to, what we're watching, what audio gear we're into. If we have questions, you know, it's just a really nice music based, you know, community, um, not judgmental, like it's nobody's the kindest like, music community there is. <laughs> nobody's putting anybody down you know we're not trying nope. to be cool with anybody you know we're, we're all beyond that we all like all kinds of stuff and um, we all respect that and just have a lot of fun like sharing things with each other and um, I found myself daily now going in and checking in and either just sharing something or commenting and yeah that's been a really uh, kind of a bright spot through a shitty year <laughs> to be able to go in there and just you know, have some fun talking about music with people who are super smart and, and uh, respectful and just passionate about this too. So um, that's been, that's been nice. Um, I'm glad people are using it and, and enjoying it too. So. I have a question. Does KISS have a Discord community and is it called <laughs> KISS Chord? I don't know. That's a good question. I need to go search. I'm sure. Oh man, I don't know the kid. Kiss fans are so shitty to each other. But I kind of would want to go in and just like listen, see, just you know, just lurk, lurk, and see what's going on there. 
I got to say, you know, the thing that I love about it is we can talk about obviously the music that we can cover, but then we can also talk about like the BGs. Oh and, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> well you guys, I mean, there were three or four of you spending the whole weekend talking about funk. It was, it was oh like, yeah. Get, get deep. I got like, deep damn. into some funk. <laughs> These are some deep cuts here that I busted out my parliament live album. <laughs> yeah, it was, it, that's, that's the nice thing is that we can go off topic there and stuff we would never be able to cover on the show. We can just go down tangents and, and different paths and, and share that stuff. And I, I honestly, I would not have watched the BGS documentary if it not, had not been <laughs> for the community. And I watched it yeah. last night and it was great. It was awesome. Yeah. So never thought Katie wanted to watch it as much as I did, but she did. If you would have told me in 2020, like I would have had a good time watching a BGS documentary. I told you <laughs> you're nuts, but it is like, you just have a different appreciation for, you know, bands like that. Like in the eighties and nineties, we thought that was the dumbest thing ever. But now in hindsight, um, watching that, you're like, wow, they were incredibly talented, mm-hmm. like mind blowingly talented and, and also hardworking. And in contrast to like what we see in pop music now, it's just, uh, amazing. So yeah, it's fun to be able to uh, share that stuff. And there's just so much stuff out there, man, without a community like this, like people like letting each other know and kind of helping you filter through it, like what's worth listening to and watching and what's out there. And there's just so much stuff. I mean, um, that's kind of the shame of things, right? It's like, we've probably never lived in a time where there's more content that we want like, but it's never been more difficult to like sort through all the other bullshit to find. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not aggregated. We do a little bit of that. In, uh, yeah. On the discord. So we need to thank, you know, we have this, the box newsletter, we have the discord because of the fact that our, our Patreon community is so supportive and you thank all of them, you know, they've shown up for our polls. They've shown up for the episodes when we've invited them on and kept us in the black financially so that we're not paying for this thing out of our pocket. We're able to keep the podcast archive alive, 520 episodes or something like that, Yeah, uh, which is, a which is, you know, that's like a, 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 a tetrahedrobyte. I don't know what, I don't know. It's a massive amount of, <laughs> of data that, uh, that Iron Mountain is storing for us out in the, uh, in the foothills of the, of the Colorado Rockies deep inside a bunker, keeping this podcast uh, safe and free for everyone. So, and that's, and that has to do with that, uh, you know, from the, from the top to the bottom, everybody who's at Patreon, this, they, they help make that happen. So well, in, in real talk, like Tim and I have been doing this, what we're going to our 10th season. This is, this is um, 10 years. It is very, very important. Like that we have people willing and, appreciating what we're doing enough to put down real money like Mm -hmm. uh it tells us like oh somebody cares (laughs) like it's worth putting the time in and spending my entire saturday morning or you spending your entire you know tuesday or wednesday night editing uh to do this because you know like there are real people that i know i know their names that are willing to you know give us a little bit of their hard-earned money to continue to do what we're doing and that is incredibly important like i don't know if we had that it's hard to say we're pretty we're pretty bulldogish but um uh you know at some point you're like is anybody listening to this like why are we doing this but like we have a very concrete proof that people listen to it and care and really appreciate it and that's exactly why we do it so right i can't say enough about you know 
even, you know, the, the folks that are putting in, you know, two bucks a month, that's just so meaningful and important to say, like, you didn't have to do that. You know, just even going through that, the time to do it, set it up mm-hmm. and continue to do that month over month is just huge. So um, without that community, there's not just from a logistics standpoint, like, yeah, we don't want to be like in debt running this podcast, which is not feasible, but just from a, a sense that, you know, this is meaningful and people care enough to, you know, to do that um, is a reason why we do it. So I can't say thanks enough for that. Yep. I a hundred percent agree with all that. And um, I just look forward to what we're going to be doing in the future. I mean, I, we already got ideas for roundtables next year. We know we're going to be doing our, our 1991 albums roundtable, which is going to be a blast. So much stuff came out in 1991 that I'm looking forward to that. We already know, you know, we got polls ready to go. We've got uh, so many suggestions are going to be coming in, not only from the folks who have been with us for a long time. We've got new folks who are going to be having their first album suggestion next year. Can't wait to see what they're going to pick. Um, and we, we, you know, it makes it our job a lot easier when we don't have to figure out what record we're going to do each week. People just say, this is what I want to do. I'm like, cool. <laughs> I hop on Spotify or check my MP3 files and I'm ready to rock. Yeah. And uh, it makes it all worth it. So um, we need to let... Uh, we need to let Jay go so he can watch the Browns on this uh, evening of recording. He has to get, he has to light his candles, his, uh, his Bernie Kozar candle, <laughs> his, uh, his Brian Sipe candle, his mm-hmm. uh, Kevin Mack candle. Well, oh, it's actually God. a crack pipe, but it's a, it, it lights up <laughs> and, uh, and his Ernest Biner candle. And uh, there all be uh, there might Kevin's, even be a Tommy Vardell t- candle in there somewhere. Oh my God, those are also depressing candles. <laughs> I mean, in the grand scheme of things, your like, Brian Brennan pe- candle—that's a candle. Your uh, Kevin Minifield candle. Honorary mediocrity. <laughs> <laughs> your Don Strock candle. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I've got my uh, my Tim Couch bobblehead up here. There you go. I rub his I rub his temples. Uh, right over here, this is a Takeo Spikes uh, <laughs> bobblehead. So uh, along yeah. with my, my with Ron me. Burgundy and my um, Ron Swanson, I have a lot of Rons. And then there's a that's a, a Kenny Powers. Where is it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My Kenny Powers bobblehead. Nice. That's the, the power of bobble behind me. All right. For the last time in 2020... We're out. That's it, Jay. Let's all take a nice long break. <laughs> and uh, we'll, we'll see you all next year. Well, we'll we'll we'll, you'll, we'll be in your eardrums next year. So uh, for Jay, I'm Tim. We're out, and we'll be back uh, 2021 with another episode. Of Dig me out. Dig me out.